everyone and welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And we are here to do the next four episodes in the K-drama Healer. Every week we watch a four episodes of a K-drama and then we come back here to give a review of those four episodes. This week it is going to be episodes 13 through 16 of Healer. Yeah, and they were so good. This K-drama has not disappointed in any respect. Like, A-game every week. I'm so excited for every new episode, every storyline, every twist, good or bad. I'm here for it. The drama is great. I've got half of my coworkers watching this K-drama in the office at this point. Like, what? uh, technical support lunchtime is dope because technical support plus half of the office goes and crams themselves into an alcove to watch this K-drama. No way! Yeah. Oh, I want to work where you work. That sounds really neat. Yeah, it's really nice. People ask us what's going on because they don't actually know, but they're really excited by the drama that they see, which I get. <laughs> it's so good. Uh I don't even know where to start. I'm just so excited by the fact that you guys all watch it together. That's the dream here. Yeah. That's why we started a podcast, to make those K-drama friends. So that everyone could watch K-dramas together and then talk about them here on our podcast. On our podcast and in real life. If y'all want to fan meet, um, a.k.a. If you want me to come to your office where we go, <laughs> that's basically a fan meeting at that point. Yeah. And I'd be down. Uh, I think that would be delightful. I think that probably the moment that you stepped into the same country as me, I would be able to sense it and I'd burst into tears. I don't know what I'd do if you came into my office where I work. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so eerie, like two worlds colliding. Yeah. The world I enjoy and the world I tolerate. <laughs> I do want to be completely clear because I just, it's not in me to do the sarcastic and you're the one I tolerate. Absolutely not. You're the world I enjoy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you and okay. K-dramas. We we're going we to leave that hanging. I was pretty sure I was the one you enjoyed, but <laughs> your office sounds delightful. Yeah, they're good. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be pretentious and take the... <laughs> Take the better one. Uh, anyways, what happened so much? Oh, oh, okay. So we started with the scene where your your boy's mom, Jung-hoo's mom, is talking to evil Secretary Oh. And she is the cleverest lady I've ever seen in a K-drama. She serves lies. Like, they are nothing to her. And I love it. She gets away no problem. Yep. She's, it's like she's been training for this her whole life. I mean, there was one problem. She did brush past Secretary O and allow him to take her cell phone. A little rough, Mama Jung Hu. Well, a little bit rough. It was not perfect, but can't blame her for not expecting Secretary O to be a pickpocket. Like, that was smooth. Yeah. He knew exactly where that phone was. He was waiting for that moment. Yeah. I hate that douche. He's 
he's pretty good at being evil. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I like him in that he's easy to hate. Yes. We've talked in circles about the real villain, Moonshik, and he's always so back and forth. He's not easy to hate. He's Mm-mm. He thinks he's a good man, and that's really hard. Whereas I feel like Secretary O is pretty clearly black and white. He's a villain. Easy to hate. I enjoy that about him. Yeah. I like a simple villain. Same. The most complicated villains are the villains that truly don't believe that they're bad, because then you have to go into a whole philosophy of it all depending on the winning side and who gets to tell the story, and boy, howdy. So good. Yeah, Moonshake is a complicated character. Like you said, we've talked in circles. I don't know if, like... I just feel like we could continue to spend half an episode on Moonshik, and I would still not know exactly what to say about him or how I feel. Mm-hmm. Which I like. I really like watching him, because you can't quite figure him out. I like the air of mystery. But it's it's a mystery. It's a doozy. It's an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Take that cliche and think about it. I don't know. Um, so... Yeah, he's tough, especially in these episodes. I was so up and down because sometimes I also, I guess I forget about him being a threat until there's a very threatening situation because there's a part of me that just expects it's going to be the time that he protects them or does the right thing. The weird part of me that's holding out hope for him is always waiting for that twist And it makes it really difficult when all of a sudden I hate him and my heart is pounding so quickly because he has stopped the car to pick up uh, young Shin to take her not to the interview that would have been with her biological mom, but to his office to cultivate discourse and problems between her and the other two good guys. It was tough to watch. But it was so well done. Like, the writing in that, oh, was so good. I, just the whole storyline right there with Young Shin and Jung Hoo, where, like you said, Moonshik is revealing all these facts about Jung Hoo. He's not even spinning tales at that point. He's actually been accused of murder twice. That's pretty, that's pretty darning evidence. And I like that he's like, Young Shin, I know that you like this guy, but you haven't actually known him that well or for that long. So if there's a weak spot in your relationship, that's going to be it. That's what he targets, and he does it perfectly. It's like he's been doing this for years. Like you said, it makes you so nervous to watch. But also, he's just always got the backup of, does he think this is the right thing? by Young Shin. Does he think he's doing well by her to be like, I see you falling in love and uh, maybe it's not with the right person. Yeah, and it's so interesting too to watch uh, when Moon Ho is asking Moon Shik what his plans are for these two youngsters, these two little babies that are in love. And honestly, obviously I'm repulsed by his plans because it's essentially saying... I'll just set them up and then they can live in the lies that I've created for them and it'll be fine. But also at the same time, it does sound like he wants what he believes is best for them, which is a comfortable life. He gets 
healer off, Jung-Hoo off, on as light a term as he possibly can, and then sets him up with a job and whatever he needs and sends him on his way and everything's fine and and Young Shin is also fine. I don't know. It's just really, really hard to... Yeah. Because it's not bad. It's not like he is like, well, he's going to prison and she can go back to the hole I stuffed her into or whatever. I don't know. But it's just difficult. Right. Like, everyone thinks that Moonshik, or I guess Moonho has argued on his behalf, but Healer thinks Moonshik tried to kill Young Shin at some point. And really, it was like the elder. I don't think Munshik really cares if Young Shin lives or dies. But at that point, he's like, no, I've got a plan for both of them. And it's not just murder, which everyone thinks that he's a murderer all the time, which is fair. That is, uh, he seems like a murderer. He seems like he murders people that gets in his way. But, anyways, it's not unfounded to think he's a murderer, but he's not planning on murdering these two. And that's surprisingly sweet coming from him the fact that they both refer to these two as the children exclusively very creepy yes not okay you cannot control them this is not something that you should be involved in at all but it's a little bit pure of him to be like no i've got like they can live happily ever after i've got a plan it's not dark days yeah oh it's so stressful um among some of the most stressful things, I think maybe I've talked about it on the podcast before. I can't even remember what K-drama we were watching at the time. But one of my actual greatest anxieties, which makes me think that it's a fear, I guess I've never put a lot of thought into it, but one of my greatest anxieties is watching a someone be framed for murder. Ooh. It is hard on me. I, it's hard on my heart. I don't know what it is. I guess... The biggest thing is that I think I really, from a young age, was taught to believe in the justice system and everything will be good. And I also really buy into some old quote. I don't know who said it, but it's, I'd rather see a guilty man walk free than an innocent man go to jail. I really buy into both of those things. And it is stressing me out how often Healer gets framed for murder. It's a lot. It, yeah. Uh, and it's so hard because he really wants to commit murder at this point. And he's not doing it. He's not doing it. There's been a couple of times. There's been a couple of times. I guess, thank God for Moon Ho and his voice of reason, sort of. Even then, I feel like Healer... No one really listens to Moon Ho at this point. It's <laughs> a little bit sad because for the first time he's trying to tell everyone the truth and trying to be the voice of reason for everyone. And everyone has decided, mm, no, we wanted to listen to you when you were lying to us. And now that you're ready to level with us, I think we're, we're done. You've established yourself as the boy who cries wolf. Why would we listen to you? I love it. I love that they don't trust him. That's uh, smart. Yeah, he did kind of earn that one. Sorry, Moon Ho. But it's hard. I really wanted both that moment just after the death of Teacher where Moon Ho talks Healer down from that ledge. I wanted that to be the moment they truly become allies and friends. Like that unbreakable, we're in this together, whatever happens, and we actually trust and care about each other. It did not break down that way. No! 
They have no moments like that. We're still waiting for this romance to really blossom. And I don't know if it ever will. No, we've only got four episodes left, and the most we've gotten out of Jung-ho is, he's not even that bad of a guy, he let me beat the shit out of him. <laughs> he didn't even, he didn't even shy away from one of the punches. And that's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, I guess the start of any good bromance is defending your bro to someone else. That's pretty nice. Especially the girl he likes, which we finally got Moon-ho saying that he likes Jae-young-shin. Oh. Wow. Yep. Bummer. Yeah. Um, I'm sort pretty of. sure like the next day Jung who was like, well, she's my girlfriend now, so sorry. I still, okay, 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 okay. But the way he says it, I just think it's one of those context heavy moments where he smiles at Jung who and I think it's him trolling him a little bit or maybe fooling him because obviously Jung who goes and answers the door and has no clue that it's going to be Young Shin. I don't know. It didn't feel like an admission of I have romantic feelings for her. It felt like an admission of I know you have romantic feelings for her and I want to troll you a little bit because you're being a surly brat. Oh, I don't think I caught on to that as much. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Me reading into <laughs> literally every smile and eye twitch and <laughs> hand movement and I, I'm over here analyzing this freaking acting like I studied at Juilliard. Do they do acting at Juilliard? I assume. I know dancing and music. I think Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) God, we're stupid. (laughs) We'll never get into Juilliard. (laughs) Does Juilliard have podcast hosting? (gasps) What if we started the first podcast hosting class at Juilliard? (laughs) Your face says it all. Yeah, it would not go well, I think. Uh, anyways, they got a cute romance starting. We thought it might be the end of, what would be their couple name? Moon Ho and Jung Hu. Moon Hu? Moon Hu. <laughs> this seems fine. It's a little bit confusing. All their names are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought Moon Ho Moon Hu was <laughs> over in the last four episodes. So I'm glad they're slowly building back. They're getting some trust back. Yeah. I hope that they're able to help him out after being framed for murder for the third time. You know, I really also, speaking of what we thought was the end, I was fooled into the moment that Young Shin and Jung Hu were not really doing so hot for a minute. And I was mad at Young Shin. I was not okay with it. I need to probably chill. I might be a little bit too defensive of Jung Hu. Who knows? Could be because he's played by the actual flawless Ji Cheng Wook. <laughs> Which part? So the part where he goes to see her and she has found out that his father was framed for murdering her father. And she's really weird about accepting his affection and she's really standoffish. Which, here's where I'm at with it. I sort of get that that would be shocking news, but it's also, maybe I it's impossible for me to empathize with that very, very, very unrelatable situation, but it was crazy to me that it was almost as if she blamed him or it would make a difference in their relationship, something that he had no clue happened until recently, and she had no clue happened until recently, and it 
isn't them, and I don't know. I had a lot of feelings. Can you tell I had a lot of feelings about this? Yeah, I get it, though. There is also a point in their conversation when he finally figures out on his own why she's mad. And she goes, wait, you knew about this? And to me, that would make me that would make me mad. Like, that would make me upset if you found out this shocking news that you thought maybe wouldn't really affect your relationship, but it's pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. And then to find out that he knew about it, there was this other massive lie that you've already discovered he's healer. You got you thought you were building a relationship, and there's you're making sandcastles instead of forts. Like I don't know. I thought she should have been mad there, but she's mad before that. Like mm-hmm. you said, she's just mad at the fact that his dad killed her dad, which is so hard to relate to. I think especially because she doesn't seem to search too much for her real parents. Everyone around her is like searching for her real parents. And I guess everyone around her knows who they are and is trying to find out more about them. But she doesn't know anything about her real parents. She doesn't seem that concerned with finding out who her real parents are or what they're up to. So to find out, like, who they are and then find out that one was murdered by your boyfriend's dad is, like, shocking. But, yeah, I don't get why she's like, this is kind of your fault. And uh, it's going to, it makes me not want to be touched by you at all, ever. Like, Like, that's bizarre. Yeah, like, I am scared of you because of what happened potentially in the past, though I would not listen to what Moon Ho had to say about it. And I won't really listen to what you have to say about it. I don't know. It's very, very difficult. And it's a tough situation that that she's in. But it's also, I guess, compounded by the fact that... I mean, I watched the episodes in quick succession. I know you probably watched them in pretty quick succession as well, because we're recording less than a week after our last recording. But I guess it's compounded by the fact that two episodes ago, she... When he was saying, I'm going to hurt you, or I'm worried that you will be hurt by being with me. She not only insisted that that could never happen, but she kind of, I mean, it was for his own good, obviously. He was being very self-destructive, but I don't know. I feel like she kind of forced him to listen to her, and she convinced him everything would be all right by them, and then turned around and kind of abandoned him. And if she does that, he doesn't have anyone. And that's really heartbreaking, because he had to cut ties with his mom so that she would stay safe. His teacher died, which we do need to get into. That was rough. And the closest he next has is Ajuma, and she obviously keeps a fairly professional distance no matter how much she cares. She doesn't really actively invest time in him she just makes sure that he's okay but yeah like we know that relationships shouldn't be reliant on like one person depending on the other and the one who is being dependent on can't leave the relationship like that's that's not what this is about it's about her saying you would never hurt me and then a day later being like oh this information that I found out is hurting me, and so I'm gonna abandon you. I don't know. It's like I get it a little bit, but it's very messed up, girl. I thought you said 
yesterday that you were going to be strong and fight through anything and you guys would get through this together. And then hurdle number one, you're like, no, I'm out. I can't. Yeah. I also think that she was definitely hurt by the fact that, I guess she says the words, he's not on my side. But also just by finding out that he withheld so much information. But I guess also it's one of those things where I just... It's that thing where the viewer knows more than the person in the K-drama, the character. And I know that it was truly to, like, keep her safe. And that's also why Moon-ho did it, and to keep his Nuna safe, Myung-hee. It's so hard. It's so hard to separate what I know from what she knows and want to shake her and be upset with her. But, I mean, it's there. I want to shake her and be upset with her. And it's hard, I think, in these four episodes, she gets so many revelations, which I think are very hard to take in. So you try and sympathize. But when things are revealed, I think oftentimes she kind of lashes out and hides away. And it just... She's a reporter. She's literally a journalist. Why isn't she asking so many questions when she finds out something that's borderline unbelievable instead she's like i'm gonna find out the truth on my own and i'm like you've literally got the sources to these massive things in front of you at every turn and you're like i'd rather be alone in my bedroom and figure everything out by myself how is that even possible yeah no she's definitely taking time to uh, ruminate in her sadness and yeah it's not and it's frustrating yeah it's not productive in a time when everyone else is putting their life on the line to find out answers yeah we're trying to sympathize but i guess we're not good at it Mm-mm. i'm not the best at it i'm very frustrated but i don't know at least she tries to make things right a little bit before healer leaves and i can appreciate that yeah she does all right she has her comebacks She's definitely got her charms. Mm-hmm. And I definitely still like her a lot. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what? Oh, nothing. I was also going to do a shift, a scene shift. Oh, I was going to finish with there is a big old scene at the very end of episode 16 where Healer's got a dead body next to him Ugh. and uh, a murder weapon not five feet away. And Young Shin is like, I guess he's a murderer. I sure hope that's not what she believes, but it did look like in her eyes she believed that. And man, oh man, I, I'm i really excited to see the next episode to see if she actually believes that or if she comes to his defense. I feel like he didn't set himself up for success in the sense that Moon Ho has seen him say, I'm gonna kill people and... Ajuma has had to talk him down from murder a few times. Um, but I think it's always been Moonshik. Yeah. he's He only wants to kill one person. That's not that bad. No. Yeah, he's not a mindless murderer. Uh, it's hard, though, because I actually see Moon Ho coming to his defense before I see Young Shin coming to his defense. And I could be totally wrong. I might have completely misread the character reactions in that moment, but it looked like Moon Ho didn't believe it. He, uh, here's my Juilliard assessment. Moon Ho is going to defend him based on the minute facial expression <laughs> changes okay. that he gave okay. at the end of the last episode. So we'll see. And Young Shin was convinced that the boyfriend that she met 
two months prior. Like, I get it. It's such good writing to be like, you don't know much about this person. He could very well just be a murderer. It's kind and of that scary. Little Mermaid syndrome thing where, like, as a kid, you're all about Ariel giving up her entire life to be with Prince Eric, but as an adult, you are definitely on King Triton's side, where it's like, uh-uh, girl. <laughs> no, you're 12, first of all. Second of all, you've known him. You, do- you don't know him. You don't know him at all. You don't know him. Don't get on his boat and go to his island that he bought with a billion dollars. <laughs> you don't know how he earned. Don't do it. Don't do it. But in this situation, I'm very much the kid that still believes that it's a good idea to get on the boat. And I'm encouraging her where I'm like, all in, all in. It's him. He's the one. Never distrust because him. Because we know. They've established Prince Eric as a character for us. So we know the background that, like, he's a pretty good dude. He's not a murderer. Yeah. We have all the knowledge. Yeah. But it's reasonable that the writers are like, eh, this is a pretty big deal for her to think he's a murderer. I I don't know. There's so many K-dramas where at this point the couple finally, finally gets together and then a day later something happens and they break up and you're like, that's unreasonable and I hate this show. This is not one of them. Mm -mm. He actually very well could be a murderer in her eyes and it's so valid that I love it. I hate it, and I love it. It's a stressful show to watch. Um, It's been a while, I think, since... It's been a while. Um, Since I... (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) Since I cried over a character in a K-drama. Legitimately was devastated, I guess. I don't know. I've definitely cried harder at many a K-drama, but I did tear up pretty hard when they did their little teacher tribute, and... (gasps) Oh. They even, they did a lot of teacher tributes. There was quite a few, like, flashbacks and montages, and there's, like, the goodbye in the morgue, and there's Ajima giving, like, a little little cheers, a last goodbye. There's a lot of time spent on the teacher's death, and I thought it was all appropriate. There were no scenes in there, which I was surprised at. Mm-mm. That I I didn't feel like they were wasting my time at all. Right. We got... It was actually very rewarding because they did a really good job of building the relationship between each of the characters. And it was very re- rewarding to actually get to do, or rather see, the farewell with each of the characters and how they felt their own personal farewell to the teacher and how they experienced that. It was really, really beautifully done. And... It it was so hard. I had, I guess I had missed that pang that some K-dramas are just capable of delivering, and it's such good writing. I also really appreciated about the characters, or the, the teacher's character, that they didn't really pull any punches. They didn't make him out to be better than he was after yeah. all was said and done. He was still a gross pervert that was a jerk sometimes, but like one of those really, really, really good men that yeah maybe rubs you the wrong way but at the end of the day is doing the right thing and maybe is one of the only people doing the right thing and the world is a little worse off to not have him but the people who loved him got to say their farewells and that was so good that was so good and it was all 
really easy to follow, I guess. I think, obviously, they gave the backstory on Ajima, which was really cool. Wow. I really loved that we finally got her backstory. But you almost don't get how there's this transition from, like, being upset with her family life and her professional life to her suddenly, like, leading a life of crime and helping this criminal. But they've established Teacher as this character that could easily pull her in. Not as, like, a creepy old geezer, but as this upstanding citizen that, like you said, may rub you the wrong way. But he's so charming and such a good person that understands that to do good things you might not always be able to take the the righteous path i suppose yeah the right thing and the good thing are not the same thing i guess i don't know yeah so it was ah it was very cool it was all very very well done yeah i think it was especially heartbreaking to watch teacher go because it did feel like he was maybe the last person that was truly watching out for the the children right both of them for sure because i do feel like obviously moon ho is looking out for young shin all the time he's there for her he found her he is her he's got a favorite child yeah he totally has a favorite child and it's a bit of a bummer just because i want there to be people that protect and love jung uh jung ho who he jung ho yeah nailed it the second time (laughs) i think Um, but yeah, I just, it's hard because he wanted, he truly, not in the way that Moonshik wanted, wants the best for them, but was truly trying to find the best for them, trying to find the truth for them and looking out for both of them. Yeah. Uh, I guess in a way, teacher probably also had a favorite child, but. Yeah, probably. One more person on their team that is now gone. Yeah. That is rough. Um, Rolling back just a little bit to speak about rewarding scenes again, it was actually really rewarding to watch the teacher and Moonshik uh, kind of face off a little bit and to get those verbal punches to Moonshik delivered where it's kind of like, no, you aren't doing the right thing. Whatever you may think, there's something suspicious about what you're doing. And and like flashbacks to all the way back to the hospital when he first gets out of prison and being like, Munchik, I see you. I know what happened to you. Not fully, but I know you're a bad guy now. You've turned to the dark side. And just so you know, there's eyes on you. I'm watching you. That's dope. Freaking, oh, Young Jay was so cool. And then, yeah, the really, really cool scene in the Double S headquarters where we get an analogy. I love a good analogy. We got a bear family. <laughs> Papa bears are gone. There's two bears left. Who's going to protect the bears? The bear should go back to the forest. It's all very good. Maybe that's where Moonshik got his plans for trying to protect the children. Maybe he thinks that he's doing right by them after his conversation with teacher. He's like, oh yeah, I'll put them back in the money forest. The forest of money. Set him, set them free in this artificial forest I'll create for them. That's a good idea. Maybe. Mayhaps. I think one of the coolest things about these four episodes is Myung Hee's arc. Yes, she has her awoken. Arc is so good. She is here. She is clear. She's not taking her medicine anymore. 
Which is to say, I think they've done a really good job as well here of establishing, like, she's actually very sick. It's not Moonshik just, like, feeding her pills to keep her drugged up and, like, drowsy all the time. Because that was kind of unclear and kind of frustrating in the first, I don't know, half of the show of being like, why doesn't Myung-hee help? Why doesn't she do anything why is she established as this really smart, cool character in the past, and now she's just kind of docile? And I think Moon Ho has done a lot of explaining in the background of like, no, her car accident is has affected her in many more ways that you than you can see. Um, so it's not Moonshik being evil by like constantly keeping her in like a drowsy state. He's actually doing well by her and keeping her alive, which is cool because you. They've established Moonshake as a character who only likes one person in the world. And I think it would be a real bummer if they also took that away and he was also keeping her captive. But I love that she's getting a little healthier, healthy enough to be like, I don't want to take these medicines sometimes. I want to think. Yeah, she want, she doesn't want the haze that comes with her pills to block her ability to see what's going on anymore and i really i'm so here for it i love that she bugged her husband's office dope my girl my my queen let's not use listening devices that have flashing lights on them i just want to say that right now but i don't know maybe you can't get one without it it that was really really cool and i guess moonshik was pretty immediately like he said he was gonna do well by jung-hoo but then, when that call came in, he was like, take care of the healer, I don't know. Get him. Yeah, yeah, I think that maybe he wanted him to come quietly, and when that was clearly not going to happen, he stopped trying, maybe, or maybe it's all a ploy to fool the Elder into thinking he's fully committed, and he knew jung Hu would get out of it. Hard to say. He's such an idiot. <laughs> I feel like Moonshik would be like, I've killed everyone in my life to prove to the elder that i'm on his team and eventually i will overthrow the elder and you're like do you not see that you burned the world to like prove that you're the good guy overthrow evil and protect all that is good quote unquote like oh like at what cost do you take down the elder is it is does the means of your i guess hostile takeover is it does it justify the ends because or the does the end justify those means because they're pretty tough means to justify such a good villain that's why Minshik is the real villain because he's so great yeah morally ambiguous i love it here for it god the writing of this show is so good um i do feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the romance at all because there was some pretty beautiful moments. I was really proud of our two kiddos. Uh, nope, we're talking about them in love. I don't want to call them kiddos. Our two adult, our two consenting adult <sighs> characters that we enjoy supporting. Uh, our leads, they had such good arcs. They had yeah, their ups they have, and downs that were so natural. They do have very, very, very good chemistry. And it was cute and puppyish the way Jung. Uh, who was kind of mooning over her for a while and didn't really want to be even physically separated from her. It was very sweet. I did actually have the thought 
even I would be overwhelmed by that. It's a lot. I think, I think they they wrote that scene really well, where it's super cute, very sugary sweet, and Young Shin reacts. I don't I don't want to say like appropriately because she's allowed to react however she wants to react, but reasonably as like yeah, realistically, realistically, like you're being too much. I definitely love you. Like I'm not going to be mean to you and like throw you ac- across the room, but you're being a lot right now. And I thought it was I'm very just, well done. Yeah, I'm just trying to make this soup, and I could just use a literal five inches of space. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> So cute. These cute kiddos. Nope, we're not doing that. I keep doing it. Yeah, I keep doing it too. These cute leads. <laughs> These cute leads. Oh, yeah. They better they better fix the end. They I mean, they're going to fix their relationship by episode 20 cuz that's illegal if they don't. But I'm worried about episode 17. Yeah. She better not think he's a murderer. Ugh. That's going to be exhausting to get over, because at that, at what point do we worry about the actual health of their long-term relationship as it is sacrificed for the drama? Which is to say, if someone that I loved genuinely believed that I had murdered someone I had not, I think it would shake me to my core. <laughs> I don't know if I could be with that person anymore, because what are, like, what do they think of me? Yeah. Especially as the healer being a knight errand boy who does illegal stuff, being established as this person who has like his own morals, his own code that he always sticks to. And he's like, number one, we don't murder to have your girlfriend be like, but are you sure? But did you? But did you? He's like, so offensive. uh, Could you say that in another tone of voice? I want to verify that it's you on the other end. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, hopefully that's good. I think as we go into the final four episodes, what I'd really like to see, like, what I would find very, very rewarding, there's, like, one scene that I just want so much, and I don't know what I want it to look like, but I want it to be such a good scene, and it's whatever scene in which Myung-hee finds out about her daughter, and they get to be together I, it doesn't have to be forever, but just, I don't know, because I don't know what the ending of this looks like, but I just, I need that for my soul. It has to happen. Ooh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Jung Hoo's mom to come back. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you cried a little bit at uh, teacher's passing. I think the only time that I really cried, like I teared up. At teacher's parts. I think the only time that I actually cried was Jung Hoo saying goodbye to his mom. Don't oh, make the moms was... cry. Oh, she was crying so hard. She was so sad. And we knew it was pretend, but we knew it was also very real for her. Yeah, she was having a lot of flashbacks to the last time he said goodbye to her. And we got and... a really lovely flashback to when they first got together again. Yes. And how hard it was, was, how hard they've worked at their relationship. Yeah, and to trust and love each other and be able to see each other regularly, at least somewhat regularly. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't make the moms cry. Just bring her back. Bring her back for the wedding. Mm. 
What else did we miss? I feel like so much happened. Nothing. I think that's it. Yeah, I think we covered most of the the top topics. If we missed anything, you can always chat with us about anything we missed, or if there was something that you just wanted to talk about, you had feelings about. Uh, we've got a couple of places that you can get in touch with us to talk about it. I'd say the best thing for actual, like, long communication, in which we will respond with long communication back, is our email, playonkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want it just a titch shorter and a little more public, you can tweet at us, at playonk. We have an iTunes where you can rate and review us and subscribe to our uh, to our iTunes channel. It's just Play on K. And then we have a website, playonk.com, where you can find all our past episodes, leave a comment directly on each episode, sign up for our newsletter, which we're revamping soon. We're going to get you the details on that as soon as we know what it looks like. And we're going to link to our Patreon that we just opened. We're going to link there on our website so you can find out what's going on there. You can yeah. uh, buy us a cup of coffee. Yeah, and we will let you know what uh, Patreon subscriber will get as we, uh, as we get that set up. So you can head over to our website and learn a little bit more about it there. Yeah, thank you as always to James Paul Hevel for our theme song. We'd love it, and we love you. Thanks, James, and thank you all for listening. We think you guys are the best. Yes. Okay, bye. bye.